Hey everyone, you know Brennan and Eric take football very seriously, but there's something we should be taking even more seriously, and that is your mental health. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that could be not be further from the truth. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online. One of the biggest advantages of BetterHelp is how quickly you can start talking to a licensed professional. If you have looked for a therapist in the area, you can you know it's, it can even take weeks or even months just to find someone that you're comfortable talking to. With BetterHelp, it can take as little as 48 hours and it is easy to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan D. Thanks so much for tuning in today, everybody. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. We are talking strictly Philadelphia Eagles today. NFC Championship preview. The 49ers are heading to the link to take on the Eagles at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Who else to do it with? And my friend, Thomas Peterson, is with me. Thomas, what's going on? The road to the Super Bowl is going on. It is. What else? It's exciting times. Exciting times. Um, we already we already talked about the Giants game. So, is there anything you want to get off your chest from a Giants game before you kind of move on? No, just just the the the, the all twenty two uh, from that game just uh, solidified what we already talked about. Jalen Hurts was super sharp. The defense played uh, played a heck of a game. Jonathan Gannon was was in his back. Is that what they say? Uh, I mean, he brought he brought up. Uh, he brought up some some pretty uh, some pretty good stuff there, and and most importantly, the the players executed. I think the tackling was 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 really good in the in this game overall, and it's definitely something that they're going to need uh, heading into the to the next game here. Eagles defeat the Giants thirty eight seven. Of course, you did a couple film breakdowns, so if you're looking for some kind of more content from that game, how did the Eagles look? It was Jalen Hurts, CJ Gardner, Johnson, and Son Reddick. Are those the three you did? Yeah, I just kept it kind of short. It's, it's mostly short videos from that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it gives a little bit of an idea of those three guys. I try to get into some O-line stuff tomorrow. I mean, Jason Kelsey was an animal in this game. And Lane Johnson, you could you if you didn't know, you you, you couldn't tell that that he was he was playing through pain. Yeah. So make sure to check out Thomas's YouTube channel, Breaking the Birds, if you're looking for some more kind of film breakdown there. Why don't we start with some breaking news that kind of affects the Eagles? Shane Steichen, um, actually, well, we'll, we'll, we'll push Shane Steichen aside for a second. The Carolina Panthers have hired Frank Reich as their uh, new head coach. Frankie. Frank Reich coached three games, or not coached, he quarterbacked Carolina for three games when their franchise just started, and they're acting like it's some crazy reunion. Like, I don't know if you have you looking at uh, go check out Carolina's like Twitter page. It's like back where it all started and all this stuff. It's like, can we like calm down here? Like, he, he was quarterback for three freaking games, but anyways, right. it's pr- but it's probably the most thing they can like sell it on. Yeah, right? it's, it's a it's a Twitter thing, yeah, social media engagement kind of thing. Um, but Frank Reich, um, at least it's better than the Cowboys and Dak Prescott with their social media page. <laughs> that was, did you see the Miami Heat? A Miami Heat kind of uh, against the Boston Celtics. I think it was two nights ago. The Miami Heat like went back and, and copied Dallas as it was like with a couple turnovers late in the game that um, against the Boston Celtics that ruined. It. And it was clearly them copying <laughs> off the social media. So uh, some other teams are having some uh, some good fun with it. But yeah, just Frank Reich, new head coach, Carolina Panthers, of course, Eagles offensive coordinator and during Super Bowl run. 
Um, but the big why that ties into the Eagles is Shane Steichen was a candidate for the Carolina Panthers job. Um, he also got interviews with the Indianapolis Colts, who are already conducting their second interviews. Jeff Saturday got one, um, which would be insane if they hired him again. That's a conversation for another day. Um, um, Ivero Avero from the Broncos uh, defensive coordinator there. He also got a second interview. Dan Quinn got a second interview. So it looks like the Indianapolis Colts are already kind of progressing in there kind of pushing their head coaching search and it's coming to the to the coming days as well. And the Houston Texans also had an interview with Shane Steichen. I haven't heard much from the Houston Texans side of things. It doesn't sound like Shane Steichen's a candidate there either. So all signs are pointing to Shane Steichen returning to the Philadelphia Eagles in 2023. Yep. Pretty much. Um, and just hopefully, uh, basing off of that, is that hopefully Eagles can re- retain Brian Johnson as their quarterback's coach if that happens. We talked about the natural promotion of him to OC if Shane was to leave. Uh, but, I mean, I think Brian wants to keep working with Jalen Hurts. I think uh, Jeffrey Lurie will provide a significant pay raise to, to, to Brian Johnson to keep him keep him around. But, of course, they're always, they're always driving to get that coordinator job in the next uh, – that's the next thing, and quarterback coaches are pretty sought after in the in the OC uh, yeah. limbo. And there's a lot of OC openings. There's high, one quarter of the league has, has an OC opening, so now one is gone because <laughs> you're. It's kind of fun, right? Because how that ties into like not really being too many head coaching vacancies right now. It is kind of like the the offensive corners have kind of been taking the hit uh, yeah. as the scapegoats this this year. She, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, sorry, just got hired by the yeah, New York Yeah, I just Jets. saw that. Ties into the Aaron Rodgers rumors, right? Yeah, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why not go interview Brian Johnson? Like, Brian Johnson hasn't had a single offensive court. It doesn't make any sense to me. Brian Johnson just seems like a natural fit for anywhere as an offensive coordinator job. But um, anyways, yeah, so that kind of news ties into the Eagles. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, I'm guessing, is probably going to get a second interview with the Texans. Maybe, maybe yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. But they like yeah. him in, in that building, so my guess is he would. And then that opens the door for him, Brian Johnson, maybe going to Houston to be off the corner. Pep Hamilton is still under contract there. The um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tried to get an interview with Pep Hamilton in Houston. They declined it, so it sounds like they still like Pep Hamilton in that building. But anyways, that's a lot of kind of uh, a lot of uh, eyes to dot that we can do at another date. But Shane can look like coming back to Philly. Um, and let's move on. The Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers, NFC Championship game, baby. This is uh, it's exciting times in Philadelphia. Um, I guess before we get into the Eagles offense versus 49ers defense, which I want to start with because I think that's the coolest kind of matchup in this game, in my opinion. Um, any kind of just opening thoughts on this matchup? Just in general. In, in general. Just in general. I mean, I, I I have the exact same feeling I had against the, against the Giants, man. I think. I'm I'm so confident. It is it is it is absurd to be an Eagles fan and be this confident in the team because usually, kind of you know, Negadelphia doesn't come from from nothing and, and the the natural pessimism of going into important games and, and stuff like that. But I mean, it it just like I I couldn't be less worried. I think this team is right where it needs to be. I think it has the exact right characters and, and the exact right uh, personalities of, of keep pushing forward, not let anything get to their heads. I mean, not have that New York Giants like collapse where they're screaming, uh, walking your trap, whatever, take over your trap, whatever the hell that was, and then go in and get completely smothered. I mean, I think Eagles were, were they had the guys, uh, the, the Jason Kelsey's of the world, the, J- the Jalen Hurts, uh, the guys that just con- continuously work and know the, 
Like you have still have a, a lot of guys who've been here before from the 2017 season. They know what this takes, um, and, and to remain focused and not lay a stinker and it, like be be disciplined and be be focused on, on on the task at hand. And man, I think that is going to pay so it's going to pay off so well come Sunday. And I think the 49ers are in for a massive surprise of the environment they're going to be playing in. Is it weird? I'm more confident in this game than I was against the Giants. Yes. Is that weird? Yeah, I feel like it's because we got the win from the, we beat the Giants, right? So we got that like Eagles are back kind of mojo, and now I'm like I, I I'm not I have I'm not saying I haven't thought about this game. Of course I've thought about it, but like I was like from the day we knew that we were playing the Giants, I was like having not trouble sleeping, but I was in bed thinking about the game on like Monday. Like I don't know, like there's something I'm have this weird confident feeling. I know that could be a bad thing as well, but I'm with you, man. Like I'm. I think the 49ers are kind of rolling into something that they've never seen before. And yeah, this- and, and honestly, if they like if, if they fall behind, if it, if it gets into kind of like a, a shocker for them and they're not prepared for it and, and Eagles can keep up the kind of the same intensity as they did against the Giants and keep keep stumping it. Um man, I'm not saying the Eagles are going to win a blowout here and if, and, and we'll get into all the matchups and like it and it, like, don't get me wrong. The 49ers are a super good team. Like, they're a really, really good team. That's why they're in the in the championship game. But yeah. I just think the Eagles are on another level right now. Mm-hmm. And I, this can, like, all of this can come back to bite us in the ass. And, and and of course, we shouldn't, especially now, we shouldn't be looking ahead. But there's there are no nothing of the remaining four teams that scare me right now. The Chiefs uh, terrify me. If Patrick Mahomes is healthy, like, if I, but he's I, not. He's yeah, not. Yeah, but like in two weeks, would he be healthy again? This is a conversation. I mean, today, it's a con- like it, we'll, we'll we'll see all that. But right now, I have all the confidence in the world in the Eagles, and it's weird. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with Eagles offense versus 49ers yep. defense. I think this is where the game is going to be won. Sure. Um, this, yep. this is the match. This is like the coolest match of my opinion of all in the entire NFL this year. Like you have the Eagles offense, which is third in points per game, third in DVOA, basically. But the top three offenses, no matter how you look at it, no matter how you want to paint it in the NFL, going against the number one defense in the NFL, basically from all metrics. 49ers defense has been incredible this year. They shut down the Cowboys. Dak Prescott didn't play very well, but a lot of that had to do with the fact that the 49ers and D'Amico Ryans confused Dak Prescott. They they took they basically took the run game away from Dallas, and Dallas is kind of just in cahoots the entire game. So why don't we start with just your generic opinion on this matchup? What are you thinking? Yeah, like you said, Eagle. Like, had it not been for the for the Gardner Minshew games, I think it's pretty safe to say Eagles would have been two, if not one, in all of these metrics here in points per game and, and DVOA and all this kind of thing, uh, simply because of the of the ability that Jalen Hurts provides here in terms of making negative plays turn into positive. So the the variance isn't that large as it is with Gardner Minshew, uh, or as it was with Gardner Minshew. Um, we've 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 said it so many times before going into games against uh, against. Really good run defenses. I don't think it matters against the Eagles. I mean, I think it kind of. I don't. I don't think a defense in the NFL can play well enough to stop the Eagles. Uh, the, the Eagles run offense on a consistent level. Of course, there's gonna they're gonna make plays. They're gonna make like they're gonna make have have rushes that don't really gain much or even go negative. But I think from we're gonna after the game have be looking at a stat line that is that is showing that they they were effective when they were running the ball. It's not gonna be. Uh, it's not gonna be atrocious. Um, and I think I really hope uh, that that the Eagles don't, uh, that the coaching staff don't look at this matchup and go, oh, we got to go away from the run here. Uh, we got to go pass, uh, pass heavy. 
uh, and lean on that. Uh, like simply stick to the things that you're that, that you're good at when you're going against the 49ers right here because it's got to be strength on strength. When you're at this point right here, you're going against teams that are good at these kind of things. And 49ers defense, they got players all over the field. Um, so, I mean, it, whether it's their off-ball linebackers, their D-line, the secondary has been playing well. While that, well, that being said, I think I still think the Eagles have a significant advantage in the wide receivers, and I think it's going to be the same kind of strategy here in where you, the running sets up the passing attack. And I think they're going to be looking to take several shots downfield for AJ Brown for Devontae Smith, and I think it's going to be a big AJ Brown game in this one. I I agree. I, I think the wide receivers are going to be so key in this one. Um, just a couple of st- just just taking a look at the 49ers um, defensive uh, defensive backfields. So Shavarius Ward. Is he finished seventh in P- PFF and cornerbacks? He had a great year, um, but he doesn't travel. So he traveled against the C- he traveled with DK Metcalf against Seattle Seahawks in the second matchup. Besides that, he did not. Unless I'm missing a game, I went and did some I did some dirty work on this stack because I was very curious to see how they deploy Travis Ward. He traveled once basically all year, and that was against DK Metcalf in the second game. He did not do it against the Seahawks in the playoff game. So something didn't click there. They didn't like it. I don't know. But I don't suspect Traveris Ward to be following A.J. Brown around this game. So they are going to be able to kind of pinpoint the matchups that the Eagles are going to be able to pinpoint the matchups that they like. So he's their best cornerback. He, I, I would try to avoid him, but he can still be had, in my opinion. Diamador Lenore is the guy that I think the Eagles can and should attack. They actually did attack him in – I know this is a different team's but two, 2021 week two, a game I, I was actually at that game. Um, that's who Quez Watkins beat on that deep shot. Remember the 91 yard play? Oh, yeah, the one we didn't score on the, the yeah, hard the, yeah. We ran the Philly special on. That was Diamador Lenore. He actually got benched in that game. He, he was a rookie. He's only a second year starter. Um, but he got benched in that game. The, the four nights had a bunch of secondary injuries and, and whatnot, but that's the guy that you want to attack and he can be had. So that was the guy that DK Metcalf, of course, had a touchdown on in the, in the first game in the playoffs. Um, Diomodoro Lenore finished 49th out of all cornerbacks, according to PFF. He's a guy that you can attack. Um, and I, if I'm the Eagles and if I'm Shane Sykin and Nick Sirianni, I'm looking to get AJ Brown isolated on him. Cause he's a smaller guy. He's a dude that you can just physically dominate. And I, I think there's, I think that's a great matchup for the Eagles. Yeah, for sure. And I also think that was one of the shortcomings for the for, for the Cowboys offense in their matchup against the 49ers. They, they, they simply didn't have enough pieces on offense to match against a, uh, a defense that, uh, as good as, as, as the 49ers. I mean, when you have when you have linebackers like Fred, uh, like Fred Warner and, and their abilities to, to cover downfield. I mean, did you see the player Fred Warner's lineup at the line of scrimmage and and fake it as if he's blitzing, then he drops back into a three hole and he perfectly covers CD Lamb. Of course, mm-hmm. like that, if Dak Prescott puts more air on the ball, it's a touchdown. But just his ability to cover up the ground, he's running, uh, he's he's backtracking away for 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 CD Lamb, and he catches up to him all the way there. I mean, and then you take away CD Lamb in a play like that, and you have not, like you really don't really have anything else there. And throughout mm-hmm. the game, they were just they just needed players to 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 make plays uh, and because. The Eagles' offense have so many goddamn weapons. I mean, it's 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 so literally different than Dallas, right? Dallas has one. They had one. They had CD Lamb, right? Like that's right. it. Like, sure, Dalton Schultz is a good red zone target. They they provide he's him some touchdowns, but he Dalton he's, Schultz he, has drops and whatnot, right? Right. Like, he he's not a guy who's going to consistent consistently move the ball down the field. Like you're not going to set up tight end screens with Dalton Schultz. You're not going to run the the RPO with a Dalton Schultz and and what uh, Michael Gallup. I mean. 
when you're running these RPO stuff and you have a a, a Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard going uh, going on on a on, on like a um on a simple sticks concept, I mean it's lethal when you have simple the most like the most simple route concept in the NFL. You have the sticks concept. Dallas Goddard going flat, Devontae Smith coming inside and sitting across the middle, and Jalen Hurst with the ball in his hands and the option to keep it. Those are those are three massive op- like options just on a simple play like that. So I mean, and man, this is a, like I don't want to ask you like, going in a game like this when you're going against the 49ers defensive line. Eric Armstead, we know how good he is. Bosa, we know how good he is. Like you have they have they're, they're stacked on their in the defensive line. Uh, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner. Who do you want running the ball on this on these guys? I. I, I... Are you are you leading Kenneth Gainwell? Is I'm so saying? leading Ken Gainwell in this. I mean, I'm I'm not like I'm not saying that that Ken Gainwell should be the starter in this game by, by any means at all. I mean, I think Miles Sanders has more than proven that that he can be an efficient runner. But I'm just saying you want guys in this game who just follows the block, plows through it, picks up the yards that needs to be picked up, and not looking for anything. But you want to get what is right there in front of you and lean on the offensive line of providing that to you. And that is what Cannon Gainwell does. He's a way perfectly. better between the tackle runner than Miles. Sanders. He's a way better between there. And then you like you're going to have Miles Sanders in there as well. Like he, he has to be a part of the game plan. But if if Kenneth Gainwell showed you anything in that fourth quarter against the Giants, is that that is what he does, and that is what he's been doing all year long. And I think like, that that just has to be implemented in this. And also, if you're a betting person, take a look at Kenneth Gainwell's lines this week. I'm I'm uh, I'm on the fence of who I'm doing for anytime touchdowns. Like I usually do two. I'm going to do two bets. I'm all over the place. I, I like everybody. <laughs> like, I, I can tell you the the line for receiving and rushing yards in this game is 21 and a half for Ken and Gainwell on bed three six five. He is he is shattering that. In, I think I uh, I have transformed Thomas into a monster, a gambling monster. <laughs> <laughs> he was sending me his parlays every night, mm-hmm. baby, or every NFL game. And I'm losing know. on each and every one of them. Keep that in mind <laughs> when you're taking my advice. <laughs> um. Back to uh, back to your running point. I I I 100 agree. I think Kenneth Gainwell should be kind of the in, in between the tackles guy. Look at if you just look at the runs that he had against the Giants. Like he's so he's just such an up and down runner. Like just straight ahead, attack the holes. And okay, the 49ers have been the best run defense in the NFL this year. They are allowed 3.3 yards per carry. They are first in rush EPA per play. However, having said that, they were 10th in success rate allowed on the ground. So what does that mean? That means they're very good at getting those negative plays. So that's why they're so that's why the 3.3 yards per carry is there. They like they can get in the backfield. They're very good at TFLs. The Eagles aren't really that type of run offense. Like you're not going to get in the backfield on this run offense, right? Like they are if you're going to stop them, you're getting one, two, three yard carries. Like you're not getting those 10 plus. So like I, I would still I would run right at Nick Bosa. I would run right at them. I, I don't see why the Eagles should kind of go away from that game plan. And do you remember last year against the New Orleans Saints who had the best run defense in the NFL? The Eagles ran for 236 rushing yards against right. the best run defense in the NFL with Nick Sirianni as, as, as head coach. They are not scared to do this. The Jaguars as well. I mean, they have a loaded defensive line. Eagles did whatever they wanted to do against them to, to, yeah. to, to, to begin this season right here. So I would I, – I 100% agree. I would – early on. Early on, I would like just like seven – runs and then in between that like three straight runs and i'd take a shot play maybe mix in there and continue to run the ball like just have a shot play mixed in after two or three but just continue to just ground take away that pass rush like put them away from trying to attack jalen hurts 
And I think that's the game plan. And I think Sirianni and, and the Shane Seiken are, are smart enough to do it. I'm just attaching to that shot play, Jeff Kerr from CBS had a great tweet um, a week ago that I just that I pulled up. 49ers on passes 25 yards downfield this year. 16 of 39. So the teams are completing at a 41% rate. That's 27th in the NFL for the 49ers. 687 yards, five touchdowns, two picks, a pass rating of 106.6. The deep ball is going to be there, and the Eagles yep. are going to take those shots. No, absolutely. And they, I mean, they 100% have the guys to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to be ready. I mean, AJ Brown, after that, that last, uh, I don't know what, like, we saw it coming. It was nothing. It was a non-story. But, I mean, he still saw it out there. He expects more of himself. Yeah, He's got to come. He's going to use all of that for motivation and come right back into this thing. Um, There's a lot of talk about, like, Fred Warner and, like, the linebackers, like, being able to take away Dallas Goddard. That's not the case. Um, if you just do some dig deep, if you just some do some deep dive, sorry, on this um this this 49ers pass defense, the 49ers have allowed a 98.2 passer rating against tight ends this year. That is fifth worst in the NFL. I mean, uh, the way Eagles attack defenses with the with the tight end, the way that they're lining them up at wing, having them come out the backfield on the opposite size, uh, opposite side, the way they're 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 flooding, um. On their rollouts with, with with Jalen Hurst, the way they're able to set them up in, in, in the screen game as well, um, it's just it's just a different animal. And usually, when we're talking about Dallas Goddard here, like look, look at the game against the Cowboys, the first game where like the way they set up Micah Parsons for failure on these um, on these RPO plays, like those like you're going to be looking at them trying to pick up on on Joey Bosa in these situations here. Uh, they're not necessarily going to be scheming up Dallas Goddard against the linebackers. That's not the that's not their deal. That's not what they want to do necessarily here. They want to get him out in space, just like AJ Brown, just like Devontae Smith. And he's that good. Like he can do he can yeah. do that. He's that he's that athletic of a, of, a, of a guy. Yeah. Who um who do you think's been the best run, um I guess pass blocking running back on the Eagles this year? Oh, it's it's rough, and it's not because any of them are really standing out too much. No, it's not Kenny Game. Kenny Gainwell misses misses too many. He's late too often. Like when he gets a good position, he's there. I mean, he makes the block. You're you're not gonna. He's not gonna. He's not gonna whiff on a block if he's in position. The problem is he's not really that con, uh, consistent in in finding his guy. Um, and I think Miles Sanders is probably would probably be my choice. Not that he's a great blocker, but more that he has he has the vision of seeing things. Boston Scott simply just get gets pushed back too many times when he's in pass protection. So my my answer would be Miles Sanders, but not because he impresses, just like lack of better. The reason I ask is because I'm assuming that they're going to try to get Nick Bosa a matchup against Jordan Mailata in this game. Um, I, I'm assuming they're going to want to stay far away from from Lane Johnson with Nick Bosa. That's my guess. Who knows how it's going to play out? But if that's the case, like Jordan Mailata is still a great left tackle, but he's probably the weakest. He's Lane Johnson is a better tackle than Jordan Mailata is at this point in their careers. So I, I'm assuming that they're going to need some help on that side of the ball. So on over on third down, Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders, like you said, they're going to have to have some chip help there because Nick Bosa, there's potential like. He's a game wrecker. He's going to be defensive player of the year. So he's they're going to have to focus on him and take him out of the pass rush. Yeah, I, I 100% I get what you're saying. Um, I think Jordan Mailata in his 
strengths and weaknesses in terms of when he gets beat. I think he he's a matchup against a guy like Joey Bosa is probably not the worst matchup. I mean, Joey Bosa usually wins, wins with his strength and his ability to one-arm stab offensive tackles and then counter-move off of that uh, and and often get them out of position with power. It's not like a Mars, Micah Parsons type of defender where he sets up offensive tackles in there. Like in his, when Micah Parsons rushes the passer, it's not like he's he's not a super strong dude. But he understands how to use his speed in terms of threatening inside, having offensive linemen flat-footed, and then uh, and then using power in, uh, into it. That's why you'll see him pancaking guys. It's not because he's supernaturally strong. It's because he's super good at setting them up flat-footed and then plow them backwards when they're out of balance. Yeah. That's not really what Jordan Mailata is, is, is what his problem is. when He, like, he can take on uh, pass rushers with the best of them, like the TJ Watts of the world, and when they're going straight at him. When they're like, if they if they're fast enough to really do a quick upfield rush, try to try to beat the edge, spin inside, or uh, go upfield and club him inside before he can set his feet, that's a problem. I'm not sure that Joey Bosa is that big of a of, of an issue going against the. Uh, yeah. oh, no, excuse me. Yeah. I'm not sure Nick Bosa is going to be that. He's good. He's and he's probably going to be defensive player of the, uh, of the year. Might get a sack against Jordan. I don't think it's that big of a mismatch. But you're you're one hundred percent correct. I think it's one of the things where I would go into the game having Jordan isolated on him, and if you see him struggling, you adjust. Yeah. Another thing is too another kind of stat that I dug up that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, the 49ers were twenty third in the NFL against um, twelve personnel this year. Like they're deep. Like I did everything I could to try to find like holes in this number one defense, right. and I was able to find stuff. And that's yeah. just one that I thought was very interesting. Twenty third in yards per yards per play against 12 personnel. Now, going back to that Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa thing, like I'm assuming Jack Stoll is going to have a role in this game. They're, the Eagles are going to find the stat. If I can find that stat, the Eagles can find that stat. So they're going to – I think Jack Stoll Yeah, if Jack Stoll is going to have a, have a role, right? So I would chip help with Jack Stoll. Like he could help you with Nick with the pass rush. Like I, I – Nick Sirianni and Shane Sykin are smart enough to find a way and, and to focus on pulling that pass rush away from being a game wrecker. And that's just kind of the point that I, w- I wanted to get to. Like, this is I- – I'm so comfortable in the office of coaching staff is stopping this pass rush. And, and I know, like, you're 100% right, but the guy who can't – like, Jeff Stoutland, if there's anyone to have uh, to have, yes. uh, to have faith in in terms of putting a run, uh, a run and pass protection scheme against anyone, it's Jeff Stoutland. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, uh, a couple more things I wanted to touch on the offensive side of the ball. So, the I don't know if you noticed in the Dallas Cowboys game, but C.D. Lamb had a couple of nice comeback routes um, on these cornerbacks. They tr- they gave C.D. Lamb some some uh, some cushion. I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing. Devonta Smith's probably what the best comeback route runner in the NFL, if not. Absolutely. So I, I think Devonta Smith could have some like nice like 12, 15 yard chunk plays on comeback routes. Um, another thing that I found interesting too with this 49ers defense is they haven't played a lot of running quarterbacks. This year, um, the one running quarterback that they did play now, Nick Bosa was not playing in this game, so that's important to to mention. But Marcus Mariota in I, I don't know what week it was, but I think it was earlier on the like week seven or week eight. Marcus Mariota against the 49ers defense, 13 of 14, 129 yards, two touchdowns, six carries, 50 yards, and a rushing touchdown. So he totaled three touchdowns in that game. He they the Falcons offense did a very good job against that 49ers defense due to the Marcus Mariota factor. So 
what do you think about Jalen Hurts? Like, how much would you run him in this game? I'm not sure that he's going to be running like a lot, but I think I think they're they're going to have their he's going to have his reads. He's going to have the ability to take off if that's what he's what he's reading. I mean, they're going to have these option plays in there where basically they're going to give him the freedom to do whatever he wants and whatever he reads. Um, and also simply to, to keep, to keep the 49ers honest. I mean, they're like, if, if, if Jalen Hurts gets in his zone and they catch him uh, at the right time, they're going to take away one defender each and every play simply by, by how they're keying up on Hurts. And if they don't do it, he's going to take off and run. And it may only be, only be six, seven, eight runs, but they're going to be efficient. And, and, and that it, like, we know he's going to pick up yards, maybe first downs, maybe touchdowns. We'll see, but it's going to be that it's going to be the fact it, He's proven already by now that if you're starting to, to to get going and getting going in the running game, the, the defense are naturally they're going to be <clears throat> they're going to be thinking more and more about that throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So I think <clears throat> I'm not I'm not sure that the plan is going to be for Hurts to run because, like you said, Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, these are fast athletic linebackers, and if there's something you don't want, is your quarterback going towards the sideline with a with an, an even faster linebacker chasing him. Um, so I think. I think he's going to have a couple carries. I'm not think. I don't think he's going to. It's going to be one of those like the Saints, uh, where he's where he's uh, ten plus uh, uh, carries in the game. Mm-hmm. I think I would do it early, like when I talked about that early game script. Um, have like a Jalen Hurts puller there. The thing is, is Fred Warner. Like Fred Warner is a great linebacker. He's not like he makes his plays in the pass defense, right? Like that's where he's at his best. Um, kind of like just being being a hole in that zone there. So I would, uh, I, I, I don't think it's like I don't think it's crazy at all to have Jalen Hurts kind of running outside like Fred Warner. They they can attack him in, in, with Jalen Hurts in the run game. Um, I don't have much else on on the on that side of the ball. Do you have anything else on the Eagles' offense with 49ers' defense? Uh no, I think we covered it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Okay, Eagles' defense for the versus San Francisco 49ers' offense. Brock Purdy is stepping in to the link. Uh, rookie quarterbacks are 0-4 in championship games historically. Give me uh, give me what you're uh, thinking with the side of the ball. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a massive challenge for for, uh, for Jonathan Gannon. But I think he – I mean, he said the exact right thing that I wanted him to say during the press conference this week when asked about how, how you stop the 49ers, the, uh, 49ers offense by, 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 sound, ta- by sound tackling. I mean, they're they're going to want to get the ball into space to Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and then win it from there. And if you can make secure, safe tackles on these guys, make it into long drives, Brock Purdy is going to make a mistake. They're going to stall in the offensive on their drives. They're going to get sacks, move them into third and long situations. And 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 that is that is the that's the winning strategy of a game like this. Um, we talked about how blitzing uh, a guy like Daniel Jones was extremely important and getting a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones. I think I would I would probably lean more towards having faith in my five man front or four or four man front and getting them getting home and then having more guys um in in not necessarily in coverage oh, yeah, in, in coverage uh having more guys um in as options of, of tackling these guys whenever they get the ball in their hands I'll play them up tight um I would mix in ma- uh, man and zone I'll play match zone in the middle I'll play man coverage on the outside. I'll have these guys take over, take away anything coming across the middle, but I would have man, uh, like man coverage to go with it. And when you do that, you you need guys in coverage because you're, you're going to have a, a ton of assignments to really um, to really shut shut this thing down. 
And that's where you have to rely on a four-man pressure of a Josh Sweat, mm-hmm. Ron Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, and Hassan Reddick of getting home after Brock Purdy by themselves and not being able, like not sending too much pressure uh, with your DBs because they're going to be super relied on and taking away these quick passes, these rollouts from Brock Purdy, um, simple dump offs to Debo Samuel and George Kittle. Like that is going to be 100% where they're going to atta- going to attack the Eagles. I think you 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 counter it by by relying on your pass rush and mixing in man and zone. So what? How much do you think that the Eagles are going to blitz? Like you think you you think it's not going to be a part of the game plan? I I, I don't think it's going to be much. Like I think they're going to go into it not really wanting to blitz too much. Um, and 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 and, and trying to see like see what happens. See what if if the if the pass rush can get to him. Uh, I'm, of course, I'd be, I'd expect them to have a backup plan in terms of like if if 49ers really just shut everything down, like if they leave extra guys in protection and and you can't get home with anything. Of course, I mean you can pull some uh, something out of the book uh, they had against the Giants. There they had a bunch of Johnson Gardner Johnson blitz uh, blitzes that were super effective. They didn't really blitz the linebackers too much, and I kind of like that a little bit actually because you got more speed off the edge and and. Uh, mm-hmm. And turns out, shocker, that Jordan Davis and Javon Hargrave are pretty good at, at pulling guards away from the middle. And you can blitz up the middle with your speedy uh, speedy defensive backs. Um, and what I like about having guys like Marcus Epps and Reed Blankenship and Chauncey Gardner Johnson in your defense is these guys don't shy away from contact. When they're blitzing in the A-gaps and you have a guard coming for them, they're either going to take the hit and try to plow them backwards or they're going to they're going to try to shed away from the block and go after the quarterback like they're not going to be non-factors if you account for them on the on the defensive line and if they do account for a guy like that that's going to open up a one-on-one against Josh Sweat. it's going to open up a one-on-one against Hassan Reddick mm-hmm. um and and you're going to you're going to bank on that uh, of getting some sacks in there and Brock Purdy and kind of you know have him in the same in the same uh quality of play like he had against the Seahawks like he had against uh like the Seahawks in the first half and in the entire game against the Cowboys. He was not a deciding factor in that game. So the Eagles were 19th in blitz percentage this year. The 49ers were 17th, so they were basically even. Um, the one-on-one matchups I think that you brought up are, are going to be really key here. So I dug up on just the 49ers' offensive line. So their offensive line across the board um, is Mike McGlinchey, right tackle, Spencer Burfer, right guard, Jake Brendel, center, Aaron Banks, left guard. Trent Williams left tackle. Trent Williams is probably the best left tackle in the NFL. It's funny. they The 49ers had like a mixture of right guard. They almost like rotated right guards last game. I believe Daniel Brunskill got some run there, but Spencer Burford is the starter. It's going to be interesting to see how they kind of play it. The right side of the offensive line of the 49ers can be had. Um, they Mike McGlinchey was 55th in pass block in grade, by, according to PFF this year. He also allowed six sacks. Um, Hassan Reddick dominated Evan Neal on that first drive in the Net Eagles game, uh, Eagles against Giants. I'm assuming they're going to do a similar thing with Hassan Reddick on the right side. It's going to be Reddick versus McGlinchey all game, in my opinion. That's the matchup that the Eagles can win. That's the matchup that they can attack, and that's the matchup that they should be kind of going after every single game. Spencer Burford, the right guard, 68th pass blocking grade according to PFF, so one of the bottom guards in the NFL. There it is. Attack the right side of the yep. offensive line. Yep, one hundred percent. I mean, Trent Williams probably not going to beat too much, um, and, but but yeah, it's got to be Hassan. It, it's a, it's a very favorable matchup for the Eagles here. Whether it's Javon Hard, like if you want to put Javon Hargrave and Hassan Reddick over there, or Fletcher Cox and Hassan Reddick, they've been running a like they've been really efficient when they've been running these two man stunts or two man games 
whether it's Hassan Reddick pulling inside and taking over on the center, Fletcher Cox coming up on the uh, on the outside, they've been having success with that. And this is a like this is the game to show it that that they can do it against uh, like they can take over a game this way. Trent Williams doesn't terrify me like a lot of people. Do you remember Derek Barnett having his way with with Trent Williams a couple years ago? Yeah, Josh Watt. Twenty twenty. Sag as well in that game. Yeah. So like, hey, Trent Williams is the man, but he's a man that can be had as well. Yeah, I mean, I've no no left tackles really are are invisible. I mean, I, I like Trent Williams. I think the best left tackle <clears throat> in the NFL this season was Larry Mutunsel. I think he was super underrated this year. I mean, he shut down basically everyone he played. Um, and I mean, Trent Williams, he had a rough start to the season. He, he he's really he's gotten after it uh, here in the latter part of uh, of the season. But yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's getting up there in age as well. I mean, I mean, it's it's been a long season. These guys are fresh. I mean, Eagles have fresh guys coming off. And Brandon, you could, like it's so crazy. You can rotate in a guy like Brandon Graham. Mm-hmm. It is like it is. It's <laughs> enormous, line. And like I think the interior of the line as well, like on the on the 49ers, like that I like like I said, Spencer Burford, the center, uh Jake Brendel. Like we haven't seen a J- Javon Hargrave had a quiet night against the Giants. He didn't hit the quarterback once. Basically, he was basically the only defensive lineman that did hit the quarterback in that game. Right. But, like he's a guy that can wreck a game as well. We saw it in the against the Houston Texans this year. Like he destroyed Houston Texans on that Thursday night. Like if you have a weak right. interior, Javon Hargrave can take over. I'm 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 interested to see whether or not Kyle Shanahan is going to look at this Eagles defense and thinking like he, like leaning on the running backs a lot like if it's going to be a, a, like a big running game for them with a like, up like, running backs as well. That's a banged up running backs. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey didn't really do a ton despite like in the in the final uh, final moments against the Cowboys he was on the yeah. sideline working on that calf. Yep. Elijah Elijah Mitchell was the uh, he also didn't practice. He's yep he hasn't practiced also today he didn't practice as well. Okay. There you go. And uh, of, of course, it's probably <clears throat> it's going to be something like they're both going to play 100. And and I think like for for the 49ers, it's, it's a matter of if Christian McCaffrey isn't really 100. They're going to need Elijah Mitchell to to have some extra rest and, and be ready to be the guy there. And I mean, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. And, but sure. I mean, I'm 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 curious to see if it, if it's going to be a Christian McCaffrey game uh, heavy game plan for the 49ers. If the Eagles are going to peel out their defensive ends at some point, like. Yeah. Blitzing on the inside, then have one of the inside line, uh, one of the um, one of the defensive end peel out with uh, with Christian McCaffrey if he's coming out the backfield. I'm assuming Christian McCaffrey is going to be like their go to guy, like in this game. We'll and see. I mean, he wasn't in in the final stage, like second half of the Dallas game. He was he was barely used. Well, for sure. Like if he's healthy, um, then I, I of course then I think he's the go to. Like the way I look at it is on third down, right? Like if you can motion Christian McCaffrey outside, you can get a one-on-one matchup with the TJ Edwards or any of the, the, the linebackers. That's going to be a victory in the 49ers eyes. The getting McCaffrey lined up one-on-one. Now it's funny. The Eagles pass rush gets a lot of, or pass run defense. Sorry. gets a lot of heat. Um, of course the Washington commanders game earlier this year. That's how Washington kind of beat Philly. Just run it kind of down their throats in the first half, took away possession since Linval Joseph and Dama Kingsu signed, with the Eagles, they are 11th in EPA allowed per rush in the NFL. The Eagles finish 11th in rush DVOA as well. This isn't like – I think it's a narrative that's getting thrown around too much. The Eagles' rush defense has been good for the last – like better than good over the second half of the season. So, like the narrative that it's that the 49ers can just run all over them, that's nonsense in my opinion. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think you're right. Um, they've, like, they've, they've done a tremendous job after being – like it was, it was a big-time weak point. Up until they signed Linville sure. Joseph, 
um, and Indomitian. But yeah, it's been it's been it's been more than enough here on the uh, in the latter uh, stages here. It's like they 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 can give up these four yard runs to begin with. It's just important thing is they don't do like they don't have the drives like they did against the Giants there with forty yard run from Saquon Barkley, then a thirty yard run from uh, their backup running back who was once with the Washington team. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, and yeah, so I mean, if they can limit them to four yards on first down, get the pressure on 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 second or even a, uh, even a sack. They did that a ton against the Giants. Like that was the Hassan, Hassan Reddick effect of uh, of the game. Then boom, I mean you're off the field. Who are the 49ers scares you the most on, on the offensive side of the ball? Brent Nayuk. Brent Nayuk. Yeah, Why? I think one of the one of the most underrated route runners uh, has developed into one of the most underrated route runners. I mean, I did not like him that much coming out of college. I think he has taken massive strides. I was not a nice guy either. It's funny. He he yeah. he's, he's really he was such a gadget player, and now he is so finesse in his route running. It's it's a it's a pleasure to watch. I think he can be absolutely lethal um, over the middle in this game here. I mean, if if he, I think he's going to be a a, a big time factor um, if if he gets going. A lot of people are talking up George Kittle in this game that the Eagles that he's like a matchup that can win. I don't know about that. Dug up some numbers as well on this one. Eagles allowed the fifth best passer rating, or so I guess they finished fifth in passer rating allowed against opposing tight ends this year, which it was I was very surprised by. Mm-hmm. The 49ers I mean, have been worse. Like they've gotten backwards, in my opinion, the national media. Yep, yeah, I agree. I mean, especially in the games where the Eagles are it's funny because you some some games when when you rewatch Eagles linebackers, when they're dropping back in the zone, you can see they're clearly dropping for a spot. Like they're watching the quarterback, they're clearly dropping in an angle that they've been told. Then you'll see other games when they're dropping back that they're looking out for the receivers and reading the combinations, and then they're essentially locking up on anyone who's coming inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the latter technique more that you're dropping while you're dropping back, you're reading who's coming inside. What what are the route concepts here? Am I having someone coming from like a, a dig route from the outside right behind me? The 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 negative part of that is that you have less an idea of what the quarterback is doing, and you're more susceptible to uh, to screens, to draws, and to quick uh, to to quick passes and, and, and misdirection in that part. So that's kind of a gamble you're taking. But that's a that's a thing where I would, that's what I'd like the Eagles to kind of do in this game here is is the linebackers to have awareness of who's coming across the middle. Um, that's kind of where I wanted to make mix in a little bit of the of the man coverage as well because that's when you get. That's when you get accountability for for a screen game, or like a, you have someone keying up on the running back despite having underneath coverage with zone, because uh, then you're kind of limiting. Like if they're running a screen and your linebackers are facing outwards, they're not really reading anything. You still have a guy who is keying up at the running back, so you can kind of stall that play a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, that and and because I, I just think that if 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 they do that. A guy like Kittle, he won't have a chance. I mean, he he's not going to get into a into a flow of things because he won't find he won't find room across the middle. Eagles have two athletic linebackers who have been really good in coverage this year. I mean, T.J. Edwards has been the best coverage linebacker by by stats. Mm-hmm. That's just how I mean. And Kaisi White a little bit more up and down, but I mean, if if he hits his game, he's perfectly perfectly fine in that area as well. So the Eagles injury report um, is going to be dropping basically in the next 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Um, Avante Maddox practiced yesterday on a limited basis, yep. which I think is huge. He has not practiced since December 22nd, so like two months he hasn't practiced. So getting him on the Wednesday practice limited, like that's huge in my opinion. I think it's a massive step forward. 
I think he's playing. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's playing as well. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be interested. I'm. It's it's gonna be interesting to see how how they're gonna be working out this personnel wise because I think Reed Blankenship has done a phenomenal job filling in. Mm-hmm. Uh, having Chauncey Reed and um, and Epps kind of rotate in the backfield of who's playing slot, who's playing deep, has been working out well. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see who get like who they take off the field here in in, in situations like that. We know Chauncey is going to stay on the field, so it's going to be like it's going to be either Marcus or uh, or or Reed Blankenship, and it will. I, I mean, who knows? Maybe they're going to be taking off Kaiser and then run run another guy in there. Um, yeah, it's true. Depends how how well Avante is doing because obviously he can be healthy and, and suit up and not play. That's that's another scenario where they simply have him as an option, as a rotational option going in there. But if these guys are playing well, you know you don't want to force a guy who's coming off uh, off uh, a foot injury mm-hmm. um, by simply because of the name factor. I like that. I like that. Like the reblanket ship of a Kaiser way in passing down. So that actually, kind of you kind of tinkle something in my brain a little bit there. I like it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm into that. Um, <laughs> before we get to predictions, let's have the Brock Purdy discussion because he is seven and zero as a starter so far. Um, he's heading into the link to play the Eagles. What do you think of Brock Purdy so far? I want I want to say he's been a good system quarterback, but I kind of hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of hate that description as well. System quarterback. Think, We've heard I it so think, much of Jalen Hurts, it's annoying. So I think Brock Purdy is doing a really good job of not turning the ball over, not hurting his team, uh, and doing what he's being told to do. Um, he has not impressed me in a game where I'm sitting there going, wow, look at that Brock Purdy play. Um, but he's absolutely been everything and more that you can expect from a, from a rookie coming in into a big spot. And the consistency level is uh, is really impressive. I think he has the best situation around him, the best offensive scheme to take away weight from from quarterback shoulders, and a ton of offensive playmakers around him. I'm not worried about Brock Purdy. I'm worried about the team around him. I agree. I think it's a great way to say it. Um, you nailed it. The Eagles' defense is first in pass defense, DVOA passing yards, no matter how you look at it. Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers, when Brock Purdy is a quarterback, has not played a top 12 pass defense except for the Dallas Cowboys last week, and he struggled against Dallas. This is going to be a wake-up call for Brock. He's going against the top pass defense in the NFL and in the environment of Lincoln Financial Field in the NFC Championship game in the cold weather, not like San Francisco. This is going to be a new challenge for Brock. He hasn't seen something like this before. And that's what's going to be so so fun to see, like yeah. how he responds, because that it might be he might be fine. He might take everything uh, super cool, like he's done with with most things this season, or he might crumble and shit's going to hit the fan. Go when you when you when you're done this podcast, Thomas. I want you to go on YouTube and type in "bad Brock Purdy interception at Iowa State." This is a guy <laughs> that doesn't like he wants to make the big play and he wants to make the play most of the time. He's very susceptible to some stupid throws. 
So I, even listeners, Thomas and listeners, go on YouTube when you're done this. I had a very good laugh last night at like one in the morning after my night after my work shift, looking up some Brock Purdy Iowa State videos because I'm an absolute nutcase. And I was, saw this interception. I was laughing my head off. He like throws it behind his head for a pick six. Like this is a guy that can be had, man. Like the Eagles had a 33% pressure rate in the NFL this season. 70 sacks. Like Brock Purdy hasn't seen something like this. This is an Iowa State. This isn't the past defenses you played before. This is good. Like I said, a wake up call. I mean, I, I, I sure hope so. Um, okay. I, I real, I really hope. I really hope he's going to have so many jitters. And when he walks into that stadium, and he gets hit a couple of times there to start the game, that that's when we're going to see what 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 yeah. a seventh round quarterback looks like in the big spot. Did you hear uh, Jonathan Gannon's comments? Because Jonathan Gannon was on the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles five years ago. Did you hear what Gannon said about Harrison Smith? Like Harrison Smith was basically shit in his pants before the game. Like because the, the same really? loud, yeah. <laughs> she, like just throws Harrison Smith completely under the bus. Was like Harrison Smith was like telling me like, oh my god, I've never seen an environment like this. Is a I think he was sort of scary. Like Jonathan Gannon just roasting this former player. <laughs> But like it's true, like the NFC Championship, like that was the loudest I've ever heard a building like on a television before. Was was five years ago at the Lincoln against Minnesota Vikings. Like after that Patrick Robinson pick six, like the place exploded. You could hear, I could hear the link from Ajax, Ontario, Canada, where I live. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a big time, big time experience there. Okay, before we get to our predictions, end the old year with new with a new you. And Cozo will give you the confidence to tackle his 2023 resolutions. Thanks to our sponsor, True Classic. You have everything you need to hit the gym, take it slow, or treat yourself to something nice. Let's get snatched in 2023. Daddies, I'm talking to you. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men look great in their tees, and now you can say big while you do so. For a limited time only, get 25% off and enter code DOINK at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good to certain body types. That's why True Classic's team designed t-shirts to make fellas of all sizes out there feel confident in their clothing. These tees taper off toward the bottom, but they fit tight around the chest and shoulders. This is a desirable look that can, can be achieved by every body type. Get 25% off at TrueClassic.com with code DOINK. That's 25% off with code DOINK plus free shipping included on purchase over $100. New year, new me, and new tees. Thanks to True Classic. Okay. Prediction time. Hit me. Am I going first? Yeah, hit me. Eagles win. 34-17. 31-10 Eagles. Eagles win by 21 points. 10 points for the 49 21-31-10. Brock Purdy throws three picks, has three, three turnovers. I'll go three turnovers, two picks and a fourth fumble. I am so, like, because my, my anytime touchdown predictions are, like, close to my heart with the Eagles now because, like, I've been getting so many of them right in my predictions. I want to bet Eagles plus 800 defense to score a touchdown. Man, would that get – a would, little bit. Would that get the link rocking? Oh, my God. I'm feeling a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing Josh Schwett or Son Reddick coming off the side, strip sack Brock Purdy. Someone comes and scoops it. Maybe a Fletcher Cox run back who's watching big old number 91 take it back to the house. I don't know, something like that. I can picture it in my head. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take an Eagles plus one hundred plus plus eight hundred. I think the Eagles are rolling this game, man. I think they're the better team. I yep. think this is gonna be like rookie quarterbacks again, 0-4 in championship games all time. 
Brock Purdy doesn't see anything like the link. She, the Eagles are just rolling right now. This just from top to bottom, like the four ers have a good players. Don't get me wrong. Brand new George Kittle, Debo Sam, like these guys are scary. Christian McCaffrey, great offense. But I just I think the Eagles defense can handle it. I think they're gonna get turnovers. I think they're going to just cause ruckus for Brock Purdy. And I I, I love this matchup for the Eagles. I, I just think- honestly this matchup might be Kind of like the last time we had the NFC Championship game at the link. I mean, exactly. I, do you yeah. remember how many were talking up the Vikings defense yep. leading yep. up to that game? Exactly. I had someone comment in my tweet that Brock Purdy equals Case Keenum 2017. Kind of a, a little bit of it makes sense, right? Case Keenum came in a little earlier. Yeah. This season, but. I mean, and and it like I could see the exact same scenario happen where the 49ers get the ball first, they go down the field, score a touchdown, 7 nothing, and then boom, flip the switch, Eagles dominate the rest of the way. Alrighty. Anything you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? This may be a conversation for for another day after the game, but what do we like, Brandon? What 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 do we do, you and I? What do we do if the Eagles go to the Super Bowl? Do we go to Philly? <laughs> if they win the Super Bowl, I'm no. Gonna... If they no, if they win this game and they go to the Super Bowl, I don't know. Do we go I to like? You need to think about that. Are you gonna fly, Are you gonna hop on a flight from Denmark? I did. That, I did the last time. You did. You did. Did that in eighteen? Fuck. We're gonna have to discuss that. We're gonna. <laughs> that's gonna be. I mean, that's that, oh. that's next week's trouble. That's gonna be next week's uh, big decision time. But let's just get there, man. Let's get to the goddamn Super Bowl. Can't confirm anything because I'm, I'm supposed to work on Super Bowl Sunday, so I don't. I can't go to Philly, unfortunately. So am I. I mean, <laughs> I, I have to work. I'm working the so I'm working the morning shift at the at the new Toronto office uh, for the score. Eight to four, and then I have to hop on a train from four o'clock to get home for the six o'clock game. So, like, that's what I'm already thinking. Like, or, or you pull the sports fan card because you're working for the score or sports company. You <laughs> say, I gotta go there. I'll be your live reporter <laughs> from Philly. I'll, I'll, shit, I'll have a live stream up on the score of what it's like. I'll I'll film people eating horse shit for <laughs> the score. Will have a field day. Yeah. I was like they sh- they should send like uh, uh someone just on the streets, man. Like the content from the last Super Bowl run was awesome. Like the street content, you were there, right? You were on the street. I, I haven't seen anything like it. I mean, yeah, literally never. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> Fuck, man. All I've right, never man, seen I, a city stop like that. I mean, it was the whole sh- the whole city completely stopped, and people were they were dancing on top of cars. Jumping yeah. from car to car, not giving a shit about whose car it was, and it was probably the owner's car. <laughs> and it was, I, it was, it was. See, like when the Raptors won the the Toronto when the Toronto Raptors won in 2019, it was one of the best nights of my life. I took we watched in my house in Ajax. We took a cab. I had a friend who like I had a like a personal taxi driver back in the day. Almost she picked us up right away. We got as far as we could downtown, and it was like like you said people dancing on cars. I have some of the funniest videos on my phone. Like, it's the best feeling in the world. So I would love to be in Philly, but fortunately, job might come into play. But anyways, let's, we're getting ahead of ourselves, man. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. Check out the sponsors, True Classic and BetterHelp. True Classic tees are awesome, guys. Make sure to jump on the website in order. Help support the podcast. If you're going through something like BetterHelp, it's there for you. Make sure to check them out as well. Make sure to like, subscribe, anything you can to help out the channel, anything you can to help out my uh podcast of course would be greatly appreciated hopefully we'll see you on the other side of an eagles run to the super bowl and we will talk to you later